The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos don't actually carry leprosy? That's just a nasty rumor started by the anti-armadillo lobby. What armadillos actually carry is a rare but highly communicable variety of flesh-eating virus. I did not know that. <laughs> okay, for more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and to learn how you can get our episodes a whole day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 20 through 24 of Lord of Chaos, book 6 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Rand spends a whole bunch of time avoiding his duties. That's like the whole deal. First, some Andor troubles come knocking on his door, so he pieces out to Kyrian for a visit to his mad scientist school. Then, in Kyrian, a bunch of Kyrian and Terran noble folk come looking for answers. He's like, nope, and teleports to Andor. <laughs> I gotta say, if I could teleport hundreds of miles in seconds, I feel like I'd be a whole lot better at avoiding my problems. I'm just saying, you know? Uh, also, the whole time we have color commentary from our mad friend Luz, you know, just to keep things spicy. <laughs> yeah. Talking about bodies and death and murder and stuff. Right, yeah. It's, it's cool at first, but he wears on you. <laughs> So chapter 20, From the Steading, icon of the Avendisora leaf. So some Ogier have come to see Ran. I know, how exciting. I love the Ogier. I'd forgotten about them, really. We yeah. really haven't heard anything from any Ogier. And we had an Ogier main character in the series. And we <laughs> yeah. haven't heard anything from an Ogier in like two books. Yeah, and so it's Elder Haman, who we've heard of from Loyal all the time. It's Loyal's mom and Loyal's fiance. <laughs> they've traveled a really long way, too. So they're, they're in Kyrian to see him about Loyal because they're worried about Loyal. The, the older two are worried because he might be suffering from the longing and, and might be in danger. And the younger because she's worried that Loyal is not, you know, getting things done in the bedroom. <laughs> I know. I, I, love, I, love the way, I love the way she says it. She's like, uh, I need to get him married so I can settle his itchy feet. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's pretty endearing. I think all of the Ozier mannerisms are super endearing to me. Yeah, I, that's. I think they're really cute. That's kind of that's exactly what Loyal doesn't want, though, right? He, he wants to wander. Well, he's a brave Ozier. I think he actually likes this particular Ozier in some on some level. I think he's talked about. It. He's like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, she's pretty cute. Yeah, yeah but she's gonna try and change him. Is she, though? I mean, like, I know that's the expectation, but she seems like she's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, maybe. She's going on adventures, whether she likes it or not. Uh, and Rand completely narks Loyal out, <laughs> even though Loyal has explicitly said he doesn't want them to know where he is. I mean, but to be fair, like, five years is pretty long for an Ogier, and apparently he's been out. And, and for an Ogier to be away, I think they said the longest anyone's ever been away is ten years, and the three that they know of all... So, no, it was only three of them survived after having been gone that long. So there is an element of danger here for Loyal that I think Rand is sort of taking to heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody came to me and was like, hey, your friend, you know where he is, we don't. And like, he's getting really sick. I would, I would narc him out. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a tough one because we, we, we haven't seen Loyal in a while, right? I mean, we know that he's in two rivers and we know that he's been fighting Trollocs and that hasn't gone 
super well for him. I think he's got a limp or, you know. That's just a little limp. Yeah, you know. Temporary limp. He's been been running and fighting and stuff like that, which is all well and good. But I guess it's hard for us to gauge an Ogier's health on the little that we know. But Yeah, so in exchange, Rand asks Elder Haman to tell him where the waygates are. All of them, everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going back to his to-do list, cleanse the waygates. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten about that, but yeah. way to go, Rand. Did we know that that was something he wanted to do? I know he was talking about cleansing the uh, the, the, the source, which is, you know, let's, <laughs> that's a whole well, other problem, he, he's right? He's talked about guarding the waygates a lot. He guards the one, sent, has sent guards to the ones that he knows about. And which, he has said previously that he wants to cleanse them again. Uh, okay, and, and I mean, it makes sense, right? We know that right now, at least, the Shadow Spawn are sending... Entire Trolloc armies to random places around the world using yeah. the Waygate. So I mean, there's, so, it's in his interest to do that. So we get a little history review, kind of, as Elder Haman marks down on Rand's maps all the places where there used to be cities or steadings or, or so forth, and they're almost all gone. Yeah, th- this actually made me think of something that you said a couple of times about this being a civilization in decline. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I forget that because there's the breaking of the world, and that happened you know, what, 3,000 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but something I forget is that the, the time after the breaking of the world wasn't like the bottom, you know? It's it's declined even from there in terms right, of like yeah. knowledge and, and magic and all that kind yeah, of stuff. If, if you look at Matt's memories, those places seem honestly pretty fancier than the modern world or, or this, this modern world. And Matt's memories only go back like a thousand years. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's a little sad. They they talk about how, and it, it's difficult to to pinpoint exactly the reason for it because they talk about how, for example, Kyrian tried to push their borders and they just realized they they couldn't hold those borders anymore yeah, the way right? they used to. So it's almost like nations of a certain size can't exist anymore for some reason. That, that's a very common thing in fantasy literature because in the real world, when that happens, is basically the nation splits into two nations pretty much. There's always some local warlord that's in control. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's just it's just wildlands, right? Humanity was there, and now they're not anymore. They just left, which almost never happens in reality. It yeah. really reminded me of a canical for Leibowitz, the first third oh, of the yeah. book, which yeah. is the Dark Ages after the Enlightened Times. Right. That's a great book, by the way, if y'all haven't read it. And uh, Elder Haman cries when oh. to think of all the places that are lost. He cries because humans don't have any memory of these places at all. And it seems like memory is something that is very important to the Ogier. They they pass down stories. They're yeah. they're very they're much, very much about learning. So yeah, I, I feel like if I was in this world, maybe what I would do is just go hang out with the Ogier and listen to them talk about history. I keep thinking that. I don't know why everyone doesn't go hang out with the Ogier. I mean, I get that there's there's things that are unappealing about their life because they're slow and they you know they they don't do anything in a hurry. But mm-hmm. like they they just seem like they're they're so interesting to talk to and they have such a breadth yeah. of knowledge. I mean, one Ogier lives what hundreds of six, seven hundred years, something like that. Yeah, a lot. Maybe real estate's just really expensive in the settings. I mean, that's a good. Well, it's, it's I not mean, zoned for high density usage. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. There are a lot more of those things than I realized. I, I thought there were like half a dozen setting, right? But he's like listing all these places off, and there's a lot of things that are unused. So that's like unused setting real that's a estate. Good point, right? Yeah, you that's go like squat there. Prime for development. All I'm saying, you know. Yeah. I would totally go because they're also, they don't want to be, but they can also be really good fighters. So I think this would be a really good place to be hanging out right also, now. Also, hmm. the, the, the uh, Shadow Spawn don't like to go to the setting. So yeah. you're safe from, you're basically safe from, from everything there, right? Sounds great. Yeah. So Rand keys in on the steading, I guess it's not a steading, it's a waygate in Shadow Logoth. Field trip to Shadow Logoth, though, which I'm sure is going to go so well because last time we are in Shadow Logoth, Everything was great, right? Yeah, right? It's fantastic. That's a great place to go to just, 
you know, on a day trip. Yeah, <laughs> just go ha- have some fun, visit with some friends. It'll Chapter nice. 21, to Shadar Logoth, Icon of the Ravens. Which usually means what? Uh, vacations, uh, the, yeah, the ravens indicate. The ravens mean just chilling and relaxing. Yeah, <laughs> palm trees and coconuts. So Rand makes a gateway to Shadar Logoth. Yeah, to- so, so by the way, teleporting into Shadar Logoth, that's like... You teleport in there, and you're supposed to avoid all the murder tentacles, right? And do we know that the murder tentacles can't go through a portal? Just hypothetically. We don't know that. We know they don't come out in the daytime. Right. we're, like, pretty sure it's not cloudy. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 like, time zones there probably aren't much of a thing, right? It's probably the same time there as it is. Yeah, it's close. It's only a couple hours away, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, it said even a pebble from Shadow Logoth is cursed, right? So... You can kick a pebble through a it pretty easy, right? Just make sure you wipe your feet before you come back to the portal as all. He's a little blasé about this. It's like when you go to New Zealand and they like they literally check the bottoms of your feet to make sure you don't have like mud caked on them. Did you walk through a farm or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think they ask, yeah. Those kinds of things. So they head through Rand and the three Ogier, and there's this, all this business with his Aiel bodyguard. Because Rand has been desperately trying to avoid them. Yeah, and bringing a contingent of Aiel into Shadow Logo seems like a great way to lose a whole bunch of Aiel. Yeah, I, I kind of... Usually I'm on the Aiel side here because, you know, a crossbow bolt will kill him as fast as anybody else. Yep. But in this case, literally the Aiel are just a liability. Because mm-hmm. they, they can't stab more death. Yeah. <laughs> <I> forgot. <laughs> he forgot his name was more death. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Until the words left your mouth, it's like that is a that's a that's a it's a name. That's yep. certainly an interesting name. More death. Yeah. yeah. But they demand to come along because it's an honor thing and so forth. Yeah, I think they say something like like uh the fact that it's something that they can't fight is all the more reason they come, which is I guess some kind of ideologic but doesn't make much sense to anyone else. Mm-hmm. There is kind of a comical scene where Rand's like, okay, you have like 30 seconds to get here. And, and one of the Aiel is like, all right then. And just like runs out the door. And then like 10 seconds later, Aiel like coming through the windows, like paratrooping <laughs> yeah. down from the ceiling. It's like, fuck are all these Aiel coming from? What's going that on? was pretty cool. It was a pretty good scene. I was like, Aiel know how to hollow when they need to, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they get to Shadar Loga through the gateway. Rand and I guess a few dozen Aiel that were able to show up. In 50 seconds. Right. And Luz there and Telemon start speaking directly to Rand, it's, apparently. It, yeah, it's un- it's unclear to Rand, but it seems pretty clear to us that he's talking directly to Rand saying, I don't like this place. So I, I see this as evidence for my theory that Luz there and Telemon isn't actually in Rand's head. This is just Rand's madness using Luz there and Telemon's buried memories to like make this like separate personality in his head. It's not Luz Theron, it's just his craziness. So you think this is like... I, I think he is Luz Theron Telemon. You know, it, it doesn't make sense for Luz Theron Telemon to also be in his head. Everyone seems to... All, everyone around him seems to agree that he is the reincarnation of Luz Theron, which means he is Luz Theron yeah. and not... But, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Sometimes... Does Luz Theron ever say things that he doesn't know? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah. But I, I think that's because Luz Theron... Like, the madness... Somehow he has subconscious access to these memories or something. I don't know. No, I mean, he... he he certainly avoids touching that stuff, so this could be his fractured mind's way of accessing those memories without him right. overtly doing it. I, yeah. I think it could make sense. I buy that, Jeff. I buy your theory because he also all of a sudden remembers killing Ishmael and that Lanfear died too. So, 
Right. Yeah. yeah Luz Theron remembers that. Which mm-hmm. was, is he remembering yeah. Rand doing it, or is he remember having done it himself in the past? He I never was... killed Ishmael or Lanfear. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was the kind of thing where he killed them and they came back because of the Dark Lords. Like... So yeah, and Luz Theron was it, was he around in Rand's head when that happened, Ishmael? <sighs> I don't think he was yet because that was so early on. Not that we know of, but you know, weird things were happening to Rand sometimes. So I guess it's hard to yeah. say. We didn't have that all caps. Voice in his head. We still know who that was. Yeah. So takeaway: Rand is crazy, go nuts. Yeah. And someone, whether it's Rand or Luce Theron, really doesn't like this place. <laughs> yeah. And says that they need to kill Demandred. Oh, also that. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Keeps bringing up Demandred. So it's kind of a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Being here makes me think of Pat and Fane. Because like, I wonder what that guy's up to these days. You know, he's just doing his shadow things, yeah, thinking about Rand. Stuff. You know, he looks just... up at the sky. He's like, I wonder if Rand's looking at the same moon I'm looking at right now. <laughs> I bet Pat and Fane misses Rand. I bet he misses him a lot because he has to because <laughs> Tarquin made him do that. Look, look, look. There's all kinds of reasons someone can miss someone. It can be because of like a, a shadow spawn obsession. Whatever. And Rand and the Ogier home in on the Waygate and Rand does a magic trap on it, which is pretty mean. A yeah. mean trap. It's he doesn't cold. say what it is though, right? No, he does. Yeah, he's, he says it's a... It won't do anything right away, but it'll like do something to them so that they die Several days later. Right, but we don't know what. Is it like radiation poisoning? Is it like... Maybe it is radiation poisoning. I was wondering. It's like, there's all kinds of things you could do. It's kind of like that, yeah. It's a brilliant idea, though, so that when others... Or it's like the the ring, right? It shows them the video from the ring. Three days later or whatever. Maybe it is the ring thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a brilliant idea, though, so that when other Trollocs or Miradral come out, they don't immediately just see a huge pile of bodies and book it. Yeah. But Rand makes it... Oh, sorry, go ahead. This is totally something that the Viet Cong used to do to convoys of American troops in Vietnam. Oh, you think this is... They, they, they would set roadside mines that were designed not to go off immediately. They would go off after the convoy was already gone past. Oh. Like, get it in the middle so you don't get the minesweepers at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be that would make sense for a Jordan, right? That would be something yeah, that yeah. he would... He Very would. dark. Do we? So, so, this, so Rand makes it clear here that he wants to keep an active... Waygate in Shadar Logoth. He doesn't say why, but he does say because I think um, Elder Haman says I can I can basically do something to this so it it isn't active anymore. People can't use it. He's like, no, no, I want to keep this thing working. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me. He's got some plan that I mean, add that to the list, right? Yeah, Plans right. That, that he has that we don't know anything about. He's going to make the thing in the ways fight the thing in Shadar Logoth, which is a pretty good idea actually. Right. Yeah. Unless they they team up, right? Uh, unless they make friends and they make a baby shadow that's like, oh, right. Yeah. Half Machin Shin, half what is his name? I can never more remember. More death. No, not more death. Uh, the actual thing that's. Oh, uh, Mashadar. Mashadar. Thank you. Yeah. The elder chores just like get together like we should be friends. Yeah, like you want to devour everything in the world. I want to devour everything in the world. Let's devour everything in the world together. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, something happens that we all completely expected. Wait, wait, wait! It doesn't work out in Shadow Logoth. What? what? Yeah, it goes bad. They lose one of the maidens, Leah, who I guess is one of the maidens that he's befriended somewhat because she follows him around. She's one of the, his honor guard people, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Who follows him around. Yeah, she's the one that apparently was making kissy faces at that other dude that was honor guard. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's double sad then. Yeah, yeah. She disappears and they spend all day looking for her and eventually have to leave because night is coming. Which, 
was better than I was expecting. <laughs> as soon as she disappeared, I was like, this is where shit goes sideways. Because <laughs> he was doing all the bad things, too. He was like, nope, we can't leave. We have to stay here. We have to keep looking. And then, then they're like, it's getting kind of late. He's like, no, we have to keep looking. I was like, this is going to go so bad. This is how everyone dies. <laughs> Based then, on literally every horror movie I've ever seen. I know, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like he should have given up a lot earlier. Yes. Yeah, I was wondering, is this, like, is Rand, is this Rand's madness? Because I was getting to the point where I was like, is this, this is no longer a rational thing to do. And I get that he has this thing about, like, not, ha- not, not losing women soldiers or whatever, you know? That's, that's the thing we accept about Rand's character. But this even seemed to be pushing that. That's made me think, is he just crazy here, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, I, don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's hard to say. But I remember uh, Haman says something like, he's like, from what I remember of Shadar Logoth, when the sun goes down, we're all going to die. <laughs> and Rand's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, no, yeah, I know. I've been here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's, that's, that's totally what's going to happen. That's legit. <laughs> so eventually he makes another way gate and takes the Ogier straight to the two rivers where they're going after Loyal. And he doesn't recognize it. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's at a place where he's been many times before, but there's like a new farmhouse there that wasn't there with a roof made of tile that he's never seen before. And there's like a boy there who like freaks out because, you know, he would. Because <laughs> someone just teleported into his field and, you know, people don't do that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a little sad. It's like when you go back to your, your old school or something, you haven't been there for a while and it's, it's just different. You know, things keep changing even when you're not there. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I felt the same way. I was like, this is like, there's that saying, like, you can never go home because like, the place you return to isn't the place you left or something like that. And yeah. Felt very, uh, well, right. sad for him. And uh, Elder Haman gives him some good advice. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, well, I mean, we went, look, we get it. He's having a rough time, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's so sad, though. That's the closest he's got to home since everything went down. I know. I, I was actually yeah. a little happy when you opened the, the portal to, to Two Rivers. Like, it might do him some good to, like... Visit home, but he's like, no, I can't do that. I don't think it would. I think it went bad when he met those girls from the two rivers in that tavern. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I he's think he's just not that same person anymore. He couldn't be right. And then uh, he drops the Ogier off and heads back to Camelin. Chapter twenty-two, heading south, icon of the dice. So Matt is traveling south with the band, I love really good time. So I love that we start off with some like hot takes on on our NDA people. He's just like talking about Elaine <laughs> oh, and Nynaeve. Yeah. It's just like in his head, he's just like, ah, oh, they suck. You know, oh, they're probably <laughs> yeah. getting people killed. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. Matt. And while he's thinking this, he's juggling five stones on horseback, <laughs> which is very impressive. I know, and I guess nobody makes a thing about it because he's probably doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they're, going, they're heading along the river, and along the river there's lots of sad, sad refugees, and a lot of Aes Sedai moving back and forth. Yeah. Maybe because they're heading towards Saladar? Or to the White Tower, respectively. I mean, in both directions, right? Both yeah. sides are trying to draw in Aes Sedai from the field. Mm-hmm. It is kind of strange. The troops have heard lots of rumors about the Dragon Sworn and about Loghain, and so forth. Yeah, we've got all kinds of rumors floating around, and we know the source of some of those rumors. Yeah, right. I think the Dragon Sworn is that's all Nial starting trouble. Right, yeah. And Loghain is all the Aes Sedai. Yep. So then uh, Matt meets a scout coming back who tells him about something. And if, <laughs> before we started this podcast, when I thought of these books, this was one of my favorite scenes in the whole books. Like these two paragraphs. Talking about how he recruits. How he recruits the scouts. I love I just, this too. I just always stuck with me as like the coolest thing. Because yeah, what he did is he went to his commanders and said, 
who's like the best horse thief that you know that ne- that always gets away with it and is never and uh, can never get pinned on. And uh, and he talks to those guys and says, "You guys are my scouts." <laughs> and now, who's the best horse thief you know? Yeah, that's right. And he just keeps going until he has all these scouts, and they and the last three dudes all point to the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's called snowball sampling and qualitative research. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> nice. You ask your friends and they ask their friends and they ask their friends. Really? I did not know that. Well, I mean, it's not friends, but like, you're like, hey, I need these people to, for this research, like what population? You follow the social network? Pretty oh, much. Wow. That's pretty cool. It makes sense. Cause right. Like the, the commanders he's talking to, he's just looking for the people that they're pretty sure are horse thieves or poachers or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it's like, who do you, who, who's the person you look up to, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like, this is kind of brilliant. Right. Cause they, I mean, he's right. Yeah. The, the thieves probably know the other thieves. Like who's the best thief. And the people with horse thieving skills and poaching skills are going to be very similar to scouting yeah. skills. And he goes to those guys and he offers them triple pay and no uh, work detail and like this wonderful deal if they'll be his scouts and like this last guy they get to he like denies up and down like no 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 I'm not I'm not a horse thief I'm just like a farrier you know I take work when I can get it Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'll do it for quadruple pay (laughs) (laughs) and Matt's like money well spent and I love this guy Chell Vannon the, the, like, he, he descri- the way he describes him is not very flattering, right? No, yeah, he sits his horse like a sack of suet. Is that he, what he says? He says, in a rough coat that fit his balding bulk like a sack, he sat his saddle like a sack, too. <laughs> just like, so mean. Yeah, yeah, but improbably, he could ride anything ever born, and he was very good at what he did. <laughs> yeah, so he's like the ultimate scout. Nobody expects him. And he, when, he, when he's talking to him, he's like, he has just like such a charming, affable manner. No one would ever expect this guy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and Matt's like, and I like him because he never calls me Lord Matt because you know he's got a problem with authority. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is this is a, this guy's great. I know I, he seems like the guy you want to hang out with. He's, he's, he show you some adventures. But what Chelvenen has found is not that fun. No, uh, he's found a bunch of slaughtered tinkers. Yeah, it is, this is yeah, this is, this sucks because like the tinkers. Are, are it's like kicking a puppy, right? These they're defenseless in every way. I hate any scene where someone's attacking the tankers because they have no no means to defend themselves. Yeah, in any yeah way. they found all the the men and boys. All their bodies were in the front where they stood in linked arms just to delay the attackers. Yeah, but there and was another dogs. attack in the back. Oh, yeah, man. killed the dogs. Gets too. me every time. Oh, the dogs didn't do anything. The dogs just hanging out. They're probably <laughs> really cute. It's also infuriating though that they will not do anything to protect their families. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I agree with you. I, but I'm not a pacifist, right? Like, and if you're an extreme pacifist, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But no, I agree. But there's there's a message written in blood by apparently a dead tinker that starts tell the dragon reborn. Dot 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 dot. The end. <laughs> yeah, like, not that's all it's tell the dragon reborn I like his hair. <laughs> right. Tell the dragon reborn that he has something in his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> he's sending a message. We don't know. <laughs> Tell the dragon reborn that his flies unzipped. Oh man, that's this is the way to make sure Rand gets that message. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's really very sad, and Rand, Matt doesn't really know what's going on with that, so they just camp for the night. And then in the night, Matt is attacked by Aiel in the middle of a, the in the middle of his army's camp. Which it's got to be the Shido, right? Like, the, or yeah. or maybe Dark Friend Aiel, which we do know our thing, but yeah, I guess he's lucky there no are only idea. a dozen of them. Yeah, well, only a dozen of them. They kill a bunch more of his troops because, luckily, he's not in his tent. Yeah. I know. His, his luck is just 
such a key power, right? Mm-hmm. I, what is it? He's just like decides the tense kind of stuff. He's always going to go sleep under the stars, or something like that. Right. Yeah. And he looks over and see these these Ael just tiptoeing into his tent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Except fucking Talmanis. Yeah, I know. His, yeah. his commander's like stumbling and drawing. Hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. I got some. I got. Was it brandy? I got some brandy for you. And Matt's like, shut the fuck up. He's like. I know you're not answering, but I know you're probably awake, yeah. so I'm going to keep stumbling over there and bring you this, 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 no, no. Yeah, so instead of Matt being able to sneak away, he has to jump up out of concealment and shout the alarm and fight the eel himself for a while. Let's make this very clear that Matt is not a hero, though. I think Matt would want it said he's no hero. <laughs> right, yes. He just fought those dozen trained warrior killers. Solo. For several seconds, solo. Mm-hmm. Killed, killed a bunch of them. Yeah, I wanted to note one thing that when Matt is out looking at the stars, he's thinking about the constellations, uh-huh. and one of them is like the the shield or something. He's like, people call that Hawkwing shield, but I don't like Arthur Hawkwing. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he's right. got all these memories from the time. <laughs> For some reason, I just I never really liked that guy. I mean, uh, did I what? Yeah. <laughs> You're saying? Oh, just they, they dispatched. Yeah, them. they managed to to dispatch them, and they discover after the fact that it, it appears the Aiel showed up through a gateway. Yeah, so that probably means forsaking because there are not that many people out there who know how yeah. to travel, right? Or Rand being super crazy. Or Rand being super crazy. That's right. That's a good point. I mean, no, unlikely. Probably, probably not. But we probably not. But we can't necessarily rule it out because when Rand is sleeping, we don't know what he's actually doing, mm. and he does have a bunch of Aiel, a bunch of Aiel who do really anything that he says. Mm. So it's probably, probably not. Probably forsaken, which means some forsaken are dealing with the Shido in some way, right? Yes, though we don't know who or which one, right? Like, we know, at this point, I think we've, we've tabulated this several times. We know more or less what all the Forsaken are up to, but we don't know who might be dealing with the Shido. Mm-hmm. And then as Matt is getting stitched up, he bonds with Ulver, the, the boy who's apparently traveling with the army now. <sighs> you know, I have a really bad feeling about this. Like, I get this feeling that something terrible is going to happen to Ulver because, like, I, <laughs> maybe I've just read too much George R. R. Martin, but... They're just playing up this kid to be so goddamn adorable, you know? He's like, hey, I, I got some shoes for my feet, now look. And he shows him his, he's like, yeah, I got, I got some shoes. And then, then he's like getting stitched up, he's like, oh, let me go through my little satchel here. Oh, look, see, I got, let's see, I got a penny, and I got this feather on that. And he's just like going through these like little, he's like, clearly yeah. just like adorable little kid, you know? And then Matt's mostly trying to take his mind off the pain, he's chatting with him, he's like, why don't you be my messenger for a while? You can have your own horse. He's like, my, my own horse? Just, just for me? I don't know. Well, I love horses. <laughs> Did you notice that at the beginning of this chapter, Matt is, puts his, those stones he was juggling away, and he, he briefly lists off the stuff in his pouch, and it's like, oh, a feather I thought was cool, and like this stone with a neat like fossil oh. in it. Uh-huh. And it's like the same stuff that Oliver's got. <laughs> I know. So what does that say about Matt? <laughs> that he has the collecting uh, instincts of a six-year-old? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oliver also has his game of snakes and foxes. Right, I love I love this because it's it's like a cultural I guess a cultural um, knowledge of this other plane, you know, maybe a memory, an old memory or something like that. They mm-hmm. they made into a game. That's fun. Yeah, little little. Uh, this is the the world building stuff that Jordan excels at. I like those little hints. Okay. But yeah, now that Oliver's working for Matt, I'm sure he's going to be just fine. It's going to go great. It's going to go just so good. Over. <laughs> we hardly knew thee. <laughs> Chapter twenty-three: To understand a message, icon of the Forsaken. Forsaken. The Forsaken. The Forsaken. Did yeah. I think of that? Did you think of that? Snaken. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Grendel 
meets Samael in his home. His sweet ass bachelor pad where it he's got great. like it's, all these amenities from the Age of Legends. It's awesome. He has an AC unit. I know. Yeah. What do they call it? An exchanger or something like that? It's yeah. like, yeah, he's got air conditioners. Just like one of the little corner air conditioners, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He's got glow bulbs. Yeah, light bulbs. Sweet artwork. Music. Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Which he says he all got those from a stasis box. So yeah. he found one somewhere. Yeah. They also talk about something called a, a Zara board that is apparently made from people. I'm so confused. I was so yeah. confused about that. So it, it's, it sounds like it's a, an artifact of the Age of Legends. We don't know any details about it, but from what I can gather, it's an artifact of the Age of Legends that must have been towards the end of it because apparently it was illegal to own one because it's made literally from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What We don't know any more about that except that it sounds horrible. Okay, well, it says... I was wondering if it was somehow related to like chess. The Zara board projects a field of still transparent boxes in the air. Um, that means a stasis box had once been filled by somebody followed the great Lord possession of a single once human playing piece had meant imprisonment at the least on the other side. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so maybe, maybe there's like, like 3d chess, like in star Trek 3d chess with human, like dead humans or their souls or something, you know, yeah, or they right. pop, it, puppet. It could be like pops. that thing in star Wars where they got the little round chess table with the little guys that go around and kill each other. Yeah. Oh. Only with like living people that go around and kill each other. I think this was a black mirror episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think you're right. Probably. <laughs> And uh, it's like cool. Okay, as, that's nice. As they're discussing the stasis boxes, they mention some ancient darkspawn, and I love these tantalizing hints. Me too. So Agador, we, we've seen some of these things before, right? Like the brief time that we we adventured into the the blight, they talk, they talked about some of these other creatures, and apparently Agador made a bunch of these things. Yeah, right? like the Samael says, you know, there's still Jumara out there. But they never mature. They never become adults. So they just grow these giant size and they call them worms. And we remember those worms. The, the, the terrifying things in the blight that chased them around. They're they're huge, right? Like Yeah. So what the heck could that be the larval stage of? I know. What do they turn into? Yeah. What nightmare creature, right? And I guess stasis boxes must be pretty big. I guess so. Yeah. If they could hold something like that. Or maybe Jamara, when, they are, when they're young, will start very small. You know, it's mm-hmm. possible. And that Samael says to Grendel that Rand has agreed to his truce and basically lets on to Grendel that all the other Forsaken are screwed because he's just going to sit this out and let Rand kill them all. So either Samael is lying or he has greatly misinterpreted this, <laughs> the message that Rand sent. <laughs> I, okay, so this whole scene, the last scene between these two, Grendel was totally pushing his buttons. Right, right? totally. But now she's trying to and it's not working. He's icy cool and he seems to be like manipulating her. Yes. So... Is Samael actually a lot smarter than I thought he was? Or is he, like you said, really stupid and he just got the wrong message from Rand? <laughs> it's really hard to say, right? I was, I was reading this chapter and I was like, this is not the Samael I know. So, so either he's not, this is literally not Samael, or, you know, we've been taking him for granted all this time because Grendel gets played hard here. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult to say. But... Yeah, so, yeah, it's Grendel... Samael freaks her out by basically implying that he's been promised to be Nibliss. Which I can't figure out why she would believe him, except that they've previously made it clear that to lie about what the Dark Lord says is like tantamount to suicide. Like, there's lots of things that lie about, but they'll never lie about a message from the Dark Lord. I think it's mostly his demeanor. Yeah. The fact that she can't get inside his head like she usually does. He's certainly, he, uh, on the surface level, he appears to be acting differently. Maybe but, he's got some confidence from somewhere we don't So know. then he pumps her for info about the other Forsaken. And he seems like 
he and she are setting up to let Rand kill all the other Forsaken. This looks like it's going to be become a Forsaken massacre one way or the other. And and that's it. And I assume they both laugh maniacally for a while. <laughs> yes. Chapter 24, An Embassy, Icon of the Tarvalon Flame. Egwene visits the city in Kyrian. Having a celebratory stroll, I guess. Yeah, because the wise ones have finally let her go into the city and walk around on her own. Because she's not on medical watch anymore. And she's almost cleared to go back in the dreams. Hooray. So she's strolling through the streets and listening to all the rumors. And again, these are rumors that I think we mostly know the source of, right? Between the White Tower and... Between Saladar, yeah. between Pedronile, these are... So, how much of the rumors and news is actually just people manipulating information? How much... Is there any real news? That's... That is what I... What I'm gathering is that all of this this information is stuff that is being fed out by one team or another. Mm-hmm. And not much happens here, but this is another bang-up job by Robert Jordan doing this setting. Like, it's, this is very... I don't know. I love the, the this crowded marketplace and... The different people she meets, and I, I love it when the Hunters of the Horn show up. I just think those people are cool. I know. I wouldn't know every single one of their stories. Yeah, this lady who's got all these bells in her hair and her long hair and, like, seven knives on her belt and, like, a hard look in her face. What's up with her? It's, I know. What's her story? Where's she's going? It's pretty amazing because just in these few first pages, he probably describes, what do you think, like, 40 different people, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's super cool. It's, yep. it's uh, really transporting, and that's it's just him at his best, I think. Also, I guess Egwene's starting to think about uh, things in a different way, partially because of what we've been talking about. She's thinking about the prevalence of spies and how she, she's beginning to like understand how, yeah. how everyone has their fingers in everything. She also spends a lot of time thinking about Aiel owner stuff and how she's all thinking like an Aiel now. Yeah. And it's got me... It makes it hard for me to read because my eyes are rolling so hard. Yeah, you have to be really careful because those eye muscles, they sprain really easily. <laughs> you don't want to sprain your eyes. I mean, she's been with the Aiel for just a few months. Yeah. Right? I think she's doing like the white girl going to college and trying to find yourself thing. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's what it is. Like, like she spent her summer in Paris and she comes back with an accent. Yeah, wearing yeah. a beret all the time. She's like, I'm dressed like an Aiel. Everyone thinks I'm an Aiel. And everyone's just like, who is this stupid person dressed as an Aiel? They're <laughs> yeah. going to kill her. They don't like it when you do that. <laughs> but she spots Elida's embassy come to meet Rand in the streets. And uh, Egwene runs to tell the Wise Ones about the embassy. And uh, Barrelane happens to be there because she and the Wise Ones are super tight. Yeah, they're BFFs. I still wonder what this is about. I mean, we talked about this last time, so yeah. I, I have my suspicions that it's just the type of person that Barrelane is, but it does seem like there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Wise Ones are basically against those what the Aes Sedai are trying to do, uh, so they agree to, to help Rand and also to protect Egwene because she's worried the Aes Sedai would snatch her up. Yeah, this, this is an interesting... It didn't occur to me until this, this chapter because I forget the Aiel's kind of challenging relationship with Aes Sedai, but it does put them in a precarious spot, right? Because according to their honor and their culture, they're supposed to be kind of deferential to Aes Sedai. So putting themselves mm-hmm. opposed to Aes Sedai is pretty yeah. counter to their right. ways, right? And the, and the wise ones try and hide their ability to channel from them anyway. Yeah, true. Uh, Egwene, I guess, is kind of trying to rally support. And it sounds like she does a pretty good job. She sends Barrelane off, she gets the wise ones on her side, and then she passes an Aiel fitness test. Oh, yeah. They, they make her do jumping jacks. <laughs> <laughs> and run laps or something. And she's like, right. yeah, I can almost run like a main of the spear. It's like, sure, Egwene. Yeah, sure you can. Sure you can. And this is Kyrian, right? Yes. Okay. Which Rand is not in Kyrian. No. So he's in Andor? 
That, does that he's answer in the that? two rivers last we saw him. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. He's, he's everywhere around. and nowhere. So remember how I talked about how adorable it was that Rourke and Berlaine like share an office together? Yes. I came up with my theme song for their sitcom that we're going to do. Oh, tell me. Okay. okay. It, it, it's Rourke and Berlaine. Rourke and Berlaine. One is a badass. The other is same. They work in Kyrian to save the world for rent. They're Rourke. They're Rourke and Berlaine. I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Fantastic. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> Get in touch with us at Hello at the Dragon Rewrite to pay me the, for the rights for the song. Yeah, when the show when they make the show, I assume they're going to need a theme song, so they yeah. already got it, right? Yeah. You just wrote it for them. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're going to have the Wheel of Time show, and then they're going to have the spin-off series about Rourke and Berlaine mm-hmm. running, the, running Kyrian. They're just running yeah. Kyrian, and you know, they're a real odd couple. <laughs> He's tall, she's short. He sits on the floor, she sits on... Chairs. <laughs> it couldn't be more different. It couldn't be more different. Than him. I, I do like the things that she says about him. She's like, oh, you know, he's he gives good advice and he knows how to loom when it's proper to do so. Uh, yeah, right. I was like that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. They're a good team. So I I thought these chapters were really good. It's I, finally picked up. Yeah, and it's they were also short. I, I kept thinking during these last five chapters that. The same amount of stuff happens per chapter as was happening earlier in the books, but they're a third the size. Yeah. And so I I don't mind if it's Egwene just wandering around in the city for most of the chapter. If it's just like like a couple pages of really good description and then it's over. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, So yeah, I hope... I feel... Not a lot still happens though, right? Like there's not a lot of things actually plot line advanced kinds of things right I'm yeah i mean i guess well, but... uh the embassy from the white tower showed up that's right. a thing and that is that it uh, uh oh um did rand well, add, would, would rand you... sent those ogier to the two rivers i don't know if that not, matters for the plot not really right? that relevant no it still feels like things have picked up though yeah finally yeah i, I agree these were these were quick reading for me yeah mm-hmm. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 25 through 27 of Lord of Chaos, book six of the Wheel of Time. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially iTunes. If you like Harry Potter, check out our other podcast, mwapodcast.com. Uh, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.